0: Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together.
1: Yeah, we're on. Hey, uh, we're so glad you're here today. Happy! i got to give another shout-out to the moms. Happy Mother's Day to you guys. Thank you for joining us online. i got to give a shout-out to my family back east outside Pittsburgh. They're watching, so Mom, Ma, and Shelby, Holly, I love you guys. You're awesome women and mothers in my life. Um... But I got my pink on today for you ladies as well. So shout out to all the ladies this morning. Um, listen, I am, uh, I am so excited to be preaching this morning. Um, this topic that we're talking about today um, is very near and dear to my heart. Um, and there are times as a, as a student of the Word of God and having the opportunity to preach regularly and getting to study the Word of God, there are some times where while I'm studying to be able to convey what I, I want, what God wants to speak through me, where God just does such a good work in me. And that is what ha- has happened over the last few weeks while I've kind of been sitting on this sermon. Um, so I'm so glad you're here today, and I'm so excited to bring the word this morning. If this is your first week joining us um, during the series, well, welcome. Um, we're doing a series called Lessons from Our Living Room, and the, the hope behind that is that we're, we're hoping to have these conversations that you would feel comfortable with, from the comfort of your own home, like under a blanket with your shoes off, eating chips, like just a relaxed environment about conversations you would have in your everyday life. And we're basically asking a question that we feel would be asked whether it's in a church setting or outside that people would ask in the world. And the question we're going to be asking today is, how can I find victory in my life? How can I find victory in my life? And hear me, it's victory. It's not success. It's not prosperity. It's victory, because to me, victory is tied to a situation that it deals with a battle, opposition, or maybe even war, okay? It's either victory or defeat. So, and I like, I like participation, and I like honesty. One of my slogans is, I don't want to play church, so I don't want you to play church. You, you can be yourself here. Um, raise your hand if you have ever felt defeated in your life. For whatever reason, run the gauntlet, awesome. Awesome. So this is for you today. If you have felt defeated in your life, I want to share what it looks like to have victory in your life. And whether we realize this or not, we're we're all fighting battles every single day. And a lot of times we don't even acknowledge those battles because we call it life. Okay. Um, but I, I listed some of the battles that we face. And they, there's mental battles. There's physical battles with sickness. There's emotional battles. There's relational battles. There's financial battles. There's career battles. Parenthood battles, marriage battles, uh, just battles that remain from past traumas in your life that you carry with you each and every day that affect how you see and approach the world. There's internal battles with insecurities and self-talk of negativity, inadequacy, inferiority, fatigue or tiredness. Yes, that's a battle we have. Anger, battles of fear, doubt, rage, and the list goes on and on and on. So hopefully, with those words, you're able to connect with something that you're like, oh, that's a battle. And maybe, maybe you've never even realized that that's a battle you're dealing with. And here's the reality. Because of sin and brokenness in this world, no one gets out of this life without scars, without bumps, without bruises, without pain, without hurts, without difficult situations. Okay? It's, it's this constant flesh versus the spirit of truth. And you can see the battle within Scripture because we have an enemy that comes to steal kill and destroy. And then we have a Savior that comes to give us life to the fullest, have life abundantly. Very stark contrasts. So battles are bound to happen in our lives. And I'm here to tell you as a testament of God's goodness of what it looks like to live in defeat and then also to live in victory because I feel like I have come to a point in my life where I have victory over pretty much Anything I can think of in my life, and what, what I mean by that is it doesn't mean I don't struggle. It doesn't mean I don't have emotions tied to things. It doesn't mean I don't, I don't get down or feel low. Okay, But overall, I have victory. And I want to share a little bit of my story in the hopes that it can connect with some of you, or if not all of you. Because I feel that one of the most powerful and valuable things that we bring into this life is our testimony. Is our story of who Jesus Christ is in our life because it gives a voice and hands and feet to the gospel, which is the power of God to save. So before I get into my story a little bit, would you pray with me? Jesus, your word's not mine today. We want to hear from you So God, as I pray, every time I get up in front of anybody, any words that are mine, uh, Lord, just take them far away from this place, that your words would rest on our heart, Father, and that through your Spirit's power, we would be transformed and changed, Lord. I pray that your word becomes so vibrant this morning, and God, that it would rest in us. And Lord, when we walk out, let us be different people than than walked in um, because of what you do in our lives, God. And above all, that you would get the praise, honor, and glory that you are due And um, Jesus said, we would just enjoy our time together. We love you and all God's people said. Okay, so the date was October 17th, 2009. I was a strapping young lad in linen pants and a linen shirt. And I stood across from the most beautiful woman in the world uh, in the Caribbean on a beautiful gazebo. And we said our vows to each other. So I got married that day thinking I'm setting up my life and we are going to head into wedded bliss. We had another seven days in Jamaica and then we were going to the happiest place on earth and then honeymoon in uh, Disney World. So I was like super excited. Little did I know that things were going to change uh, very drastically that still affects me to this very moment that I'm standing on the stage talking to you. Because two hours later we walked into our hotel, our, our our condo in Jamaica, and I remember looking at Brianna and I said, "Oh shoot, I'm gonna die tonight," and I was going through all of these the, these sensations and feelings that I had never experienced in my life that basically turned me into a zombie for the next eight months, going to therapy, counselors, doctors, until finally, about nine months after we got married. Um, a doctor finally said, Brent, we, we, you have what we call severe panic disorder. And on top of that, generalized anxiety. And I was like, I don't even know what that means, okay? But panic disorder for me is, that still affects me to this day, is I could be having the best day of my life, which would probably be on a beach in the Caribbean listening to the Beach Boys or one of Jay's sermons, okay? And... <laughs> Literally, I could have the worst panic attack of my life. It's not tied to circumstances or experiences. And just like, I still deal with it. When I think there's a grip on it, like I can't control it. Like two months ago, I sleep under like 40 pounds of weighted blankets. And um, we went to bed, had a great day, and panic attack. And my body started convulsing so heavily that my wife had to lay on me just to keep me down. And my, my left arm goes numb, my chest hurts, and it, like back when it started, I'm like heart attack, and I, I'm thinking I'm dying, and now it's just like, oh, classic Brent, this is what's going on. Okay, Even this past Wednesday, a youth group, I was walking up the steps, and all of a sudden I got tunnel vision, and it started to get panic, and I thank God for my team that I could just turn to them and say, hey, I'm having a moment because I'm honest with them about what I deal with, and I just took 10 minutes to go kind of do my exercises to calm down. Okay? That's the reality. I have this in kind of internal battle every single day of, hey, is this going to happen today or not? It's affected my job. It's affected relationships. It's affected my marriage. I, I've been preaching, and I'll have one, and I'll just say, whoa, can we, pr- can we pray for a moment? I've been playing bass on stage, and I've had to walk off. I'll just take it off, and I'll tell the guitar player, dude, got to step off. Okay? So there's this constant fear um, that, that is kind of in the back of my mind because what this, what this led to in my professional career and my first ministry experience is I got put in a position to be either fired or stepped down from a ministry role for having panic disorder. And while this was going on, um, I had taken time off, they'd given me time off. And when I stepped out of that position, it left, we lost 95% of our friends like that because we were no longer working at the church. And then I had students texting me every day saying, why did you abandon us? And I'm trying to process all of these feelings and the emotions of failure and inadequacy, trying to make sense of it all. And on top of that, my best friend who lived in Florida at the time, he had tried to take his life twice. So while that's going on, I decided to fly down to see him. And I was told by a uh, leader in the church, one, that what I was dealing with wasn't real. And I wasn't close enough to God. And then when I flew down to be with one of my best friends, they told me I had a Superman uh, mentality that I, could just, I thought I could just go fix people. And I was out to save the world and like in, in a negative way. So trying to process all of this, I, that was one of the lowest points of my life. And I was in ministry. I loved Jesus with all of my heart. I had a beautiful family, but yet I was utterly defeated utterly defeated. I put, I, and when we were in Orlando, I didn't have uh, medical insurance at the time, but we went to the hospital trying to figure out what's wrong, and I put my family $6,000 in debt before we even got home from the wedding. So like right off, right from the get-go, it's battles, war. It is this feeling of utter defeat. Unfortunately, my friend that I went to see, he did end up taking his life. And trying to process that because it was the first time I'd ever experienced anything like that. Walking with somebody through that in life. I felt like a failure as a friend, that I wasn't able to help him or be able to be there with him or for him enough that that was the result of it. Throughout my life, my family, we've suffered miscarriages. I've suffered from helicopter parent syndrome, just holding on a little bit too tight to my kids. I've been afraid of the present. I've been afraid of the future because of my past. I've struggled with depression. I've struggled with suicidal thoughts and tendencies. I've struggled with self-harm. I've struggled with so many insecurities as a father, as a husband, as a pastor, as a friend, and the list goes on and on and on and on. We all have stories. This is mine, and like I said, your, your, your testimony is one of the most powerful things you bring into your life. So I encourage you, be real with people. Be real with people. Meet them where they're at. Share your stories and allow God to work. Through stories because that's what scripture is it's god's stories after years of questioning why and trying to figure all this out and processing it and trying to control it and manipulate the situations so they work in my favor this is how i this is how i found victory and it's crazy i started to trust the word of god and what it said see i could recite scripture i could tell you what it said and it affected me but not to my core Not to my core. It wasn't the authority in my life. And that's a shifting point for every single person. Here's the lesson I learned. And if there's one thing you remember today, remember this, okay? I allowed my position in life. I allowed my position in life dictate and determine my reality on whether or not I had victory. I allowed my position in life determine if I had victory or not. Victory was based on what was going on in my life. And in those moments, I was a victim. My identity was found in my defeat. I saw victory as something that when I wouldn't have anxiety anymore. Like when it's done, when this season of life is done, then I'm I'm, I'm victorious. Okay? When the debt's paid off, that's when I can have victory. When I stop self-doubting or when I think of myself positively, that's when I can have victory. But here's the shift. It's not about our position in life. Okay? We need to allow our position in Christ Jesus determine our victory okay and notice i didn't say perception of victory because god is truth god is absolute truth and because of this i was able to say i'm no longer a victim but i'm a victor regardless of my position of life regardless of what is going on in my life i know what the word of god says and i'm going to live in that truth and that's going to be my guide the reality of for those of us in jesus is that this world is in our home okay and thank god because I don't want this to be it. Like, I have a crooked nose and one of my eyes lower than the other. Like, God has to have more. So I'm like, thank you, God. I get a heavenly body and I'll have, like, I'll be ripped and stuff, okay? You laughed. Somebody's saying, like, you're ripped, Brent. No, don't lie, okay? But the reality for us is this isn't our home. And I think we realize that, but the truth is we get pretty comfortable here. We get really comfortable here and place a lot of emphasis on what is here rather than having a heavenly, eternal mindset. We live with an earthly perspective rather than a heavenly perspective as citizens of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is where Jesus is king and his truth is our reality. That's what living in the kingdom of God is. Okay, And in our, in our culture, perception is far more important than reality because our perception is tied to our feelings Okay, and this often gets us in trouble when it comes to victory or defeat. Uh, We allow our feelings to determine our truth when our truth should be whatever God says. This is kingdom living. Our feelings feelings and emotions are a good thing because they're from God, but our feelings and emotions do not change the truth of God. But yet they can change how we perceive the truth of God, and that is not healthy. That's what I used to do, okay? Our feelings do not change absolute truth. Okay, there's a perfect story from the Bible that illustrates this and I'm going to be in in scripture a lot today. So let me set up the story. There's these 12 guys that end up in the same exact position, but yet 10 of them perceive reality one way and 2 of them perceive reality another way. So God's chosen people, who are the Israelites, they were they were freed from from slavery in Egypt and this is a little over a year after They've been freed from slavery. They're heading towards the land of Canaan, which is God's promised land for them, a land flowing with milk and honey where they can set up shop and live, okay? It wasn't just free, open land. There were, there were um, tribes, there were kingdoms there, there were, there were people inhabiting this land. So when they get there, they ask Moses, who's their leader, if they could send spies in to kind of check out the land before they go into it. So they go in, They send 12 spies, one from each tribe of Israel, and they go in for 40 days to check things out. And they want to check out if, if, if the people there are strong, if, if there's a lot of them or not, if the land is good, if there's just camps or if there's fortified cities, if it's good land to farm and if there's trees. And then Moses says, bring back some fruit, by the way. So the 12 spies go in and this is what it says in Numbers 13, 25 through 33. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them in the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's its fruit, but the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. Caleb silenced the people before Moses And said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. So 12 guys go in. They all experience the same thing through Different eyes, okay? They had different realities. They come back and they give this report to Moses, and 10 of these men say, Not a chance. We can't go in there. We're going to die. The land's not good. There's fortified cities. There's giants in there that we look like grasshoppers to them. Not a chance can we go in there. Caleb, on the other hand, and there's also Joshua, okay? This is the land that God wants to give them. This is the God that brought them to this land. They're like, Dude, we got God. Not a chance. We're going in. We're going to take this land. It's all about your perspective. It's all about your perception. Joshua and Caleb lived in the truth and the reality of who their God was. The other 10, they knew who their God was, but they allowed their battle become bigger than their God. So when you look at life, do you live through the lens of who or what is against you, whether it's people or a circumstance or a situation, or you, do you live through the lens of not just who is for you, but who is with you? One of the things I tell my kids every day on the way to school is God is for you, God is with you, his spirit is in you, so just let him live through you. That's the truth of God. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So when you come to the battles that you're facing in life, who's bigger? Your situation or is it your heavenly father? Do you approach life with the confidence in the truth of God or do you live out of fear responding to the troubles that life brings? We wonder why life is difficult. And I'm going to blow your mind with this truth right now, okay? It says this in John 16:33. Jesus says, "In this world you will have trouble." So why are there difficult things in life? Why do we go through bad things? "In this world you will have trouble." In which world? Are you in this world? You're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble. It is inevitable, but here's the beautiful thing. It doesn't stop there. Jesus says, take heart. Take heart, have confidence. I have overcome this world. This isn't our home. Like I said, we get really comfortable here, and we want this to be our heaven. We focus on our tribulations rather than the fact that we focus on a God who is an overcomer. We sing the songs every Sunday, but is this a reality in your life? If you know, this story, if you know how this story plays out, this is kind of the, the pinnacle that leads um, the Israelites to having to wander in the desert for 40 years because of their lack of faith, because of their disobedience. And Joshua and Caleb are the only two that got to actually enter into this promised land. Sometimes in order to get to your promised land, You have to go through the battle, but you have to trust in the promises of God that there's another side, whether it's here in this world or it's in heaven. We associate victory with a lot of things here on earth. We fought our battles in this world and equate um, victory with what does or doesn't happen in our lives. Like I said a little bit earlier, we associate victory with things being finished, but you can have victory within the battle, trusting God's sovereign plan and purpose for your life. Okay? Our world's broken. Bad things are going to continue to happen, and unfortunately, they're going to continue to happen to us. So for me, my reality is I have panic disorder. I recently lost my grandfather to COVID, which the man never went to the hospital his entire life. He was a machine, and that's the thing that took him. I'm just like that's dumb. That's not fair. It doesn't make sense. This man was a rock star, and that's the thing that takes him out. It doesn't make sense. But in this world, you're going to have trouble. My brother lost his wife after two months and nine days of marriage. It's not fair. In this world, you're going to have trouble. We've had a couple of miscarriages. It's not fair. In this world, you're going to have trouble. My name's been drugged through the mud in ministry. It's been lied about. It's not fair. In this world, you're going to have trouble. We used an illustration, or Wes used an illustration last week which I was so glad when he did, knowing I was going to be using it this week. But I didn't know I made a joke. Um, But he said, we come into this world with nothing, and we leave this world with nothing. So everything that happens in between first sifts through the hands of God, okay? And there's a lot of things that we accept from him, but then there's a lot of things we kind of take and hold on to. And say, no, that one, that's mine. I'm going to hold on to that. And we do that a lot with our battles. And they keep us in our battles. And there's so very little in life that you get to control. A and B is not always followed by C because in this world you will have trouble. You can do everything you're supposed to do on paper and it doesn't mean you're going to get the outcome that should be. But in Christ we need to understand we don't fight our battles in this world. We fight differently. 2 Corinthians 10.3, and this should be something you've heard. And I want to read it, and then you'll see what I'm going to do. For though we walk in the flesh, okay, in this world where there's trouble, we walk in the flesh in the world where there's trouble, we are not waging war according to the flesh in this world where there's trouble. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh or this world. But they have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. In this world, there is trouble and Satan has free reign and has established kingdoms here that go against the truth of God and take every thought captive. This became my life verse when I when, with the panic disorder. We take every thought captive to the truth to obey Christ. My feelings might lead me to this, okay, or my emotions might say this, but I have to take those thoughts captive to live in the reality of what God's word says because that is truth and that's what dictates my life. Our perception or perspective is often what leads to keeping us handcuffed in battles. When you find yourself struggling or fighting or battling, what does the reality of God's word say? One of the beautiful roles of the Holy Spirit in John 16, 13 is to guide us into all truth. All truth. Guide us as followers of Jesus into all truth. Living in truth does not necessarily mean that your situation is going to change. It doesn't mean that the battle might end right there. It might, it might not. I believe in a God of miracles, but what are we taught to pray? Your will be done. We trust in God's ultimate plan Living in truth will help us approach life's battles through the correct lens, and that's the lens of God's reality, God's kingdom. That's why ten spies were afraid and two were not. Two lived in truth. Ten made up their own truth based on the perception of their reality, all while they were following God. Well, I was seeing counselors and therapists to determine what was going on, with me when my panic disorder started. I was so helpless and hopeless. Every day I was afraid of dying. And in reality, because my brother lost his wife two months and nine days after his wedding, Satan put this lie in my mind that I was going to die and leave my wife in the same situation that I saw my brother go through. Fast forward to having kids, I started having visions of horrible things happening to my kids. Okay? That's That's not my reality. My reality is, okay... My kids are on loan to me from God. They are his. He can do whatever he wants with them. He thinks enough of me and my wife to raise them, though. Okay? I was reminded of a passage of Scripture that shook me to my core in a very good way and helped shift my focus from whatever my reality was to whatever God's reality is and is found in 2 Kings chapter 6. And, we'll oh, be encouraged today by this. Be encouraged today by this. In this story, Elisha, who's a prophet, he's counseling Israel against an attack from a guy named King Aram, okay? And while King Aram would, would want to attack Israel, it was kind of like a chess match. God would be talking to Elisha and say, hey, this is how they're going to attack. So basically, he warned him against the attacks. King Aram finds out about this, and he's like, man, we need to kill Elisha. So King Aram surrounds Elisha and his servant with his chariots and his armies, and Elijah was calm, cool, and collected in the face of battle. Yet his servant was terrified. Do you ever feel like in life that you're surrounded? Surrounded by whatever it is? And there's no hope? Second Kings 15-17 through 17 says this, When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city, and the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he's like, We're done. We're going to die. And Elisha says, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. His servants, like, are, you, are we looking at the same thing? Like, we're surrounded. Then Elisha prayed and said, O oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. We don't wage war as the world wages. We fight differently. Another instance is something similar where Jesus is going through this really difficult battle in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying, God, if you're willing, take this cup from me so I don't have to go to the cross. But he says, your will be done, not mine. And I love what it says in Luke 22 and verse 43. It says, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Jesus wasn't alone in the battle you're not alone in the battle. There's a supernatural realm that affects our, our, our physical realm, and we've got to trust what God is doing. We've got to trust that God is fighting. He shows up even when we can't see it. You have to believe yourself. Do I, you have to ask yourself, do I believe God's word? This is faith. Scripture says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for and being certain of what we cannot see. Elisha, he was certain of what he couldn't see. His servant wasn't, so Elisha goes, God, let him see. Let him see. That's faith. You trust in what you can't see. That God wants to fight your battles with you and for you. This next verse is a game changer, and we, we should know this. Romans 8, 28. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. We know. We know that for those who love God. We know. We know. You can say it. You probably memorized it. Do you know it? That in the battles, even if they don't end well, you still have victory because you trust that God is working things out for your good. This right here is victory for all of us, all things. He works all things for the good of those who love him. Even if you feel defeated, or even if a situation ends the way you don't want it to, do you trust that the word of God is true? You may not understand why you're going through something, But if this is the truth of God, then you can have victory regardless of the outcome. Battles are often equated with suffering, and if nothing makes sense to you, maybe the reason you're going through something is so that you can depend more on God. Maybe that's the very reason you have a battle right now, is so that you can learn to not hold on so tight, and you can depend on your Heavenly Father. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't just always go with what makes sense to you. God's ways are far higher than our ways. We lean on our own understanding too much. God is outside of us. So the way he works isn't always going to make sense to us, but we have to trust him in all our ways. All our ways acknowledge him because he's working all things for the good of those who love him, and whatever kind of battles, acknowledge him, and he'll make straight your paths. We fight so much, guys. We fight so much, and we fight battles we were never meant to. Romans eight eighteen through twenty five, I consider that our present sufferings or our battles are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship and the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if the hope for what we do not have yet, we wait for it patiently. If you want to look at the human condition, look at nature, okay? Things die. Things will bloom, things will be beautiful, and then they die, okay? If you have a plant and you're seeing it starting to wither, what do you do to it? You water it. You water it. You come in and take care of it. And after you take care of it enough, it'll start to bloom and grow. This, like, if you want to understand God's character for us, that's what he does for us. Okay? It's this beautiful imagery for us stepping into God's creation to bring restoration and healing to what he created. To a point, okay, because there's still, de- like, trees die. You can't keep them alive forever. Okay? But the reality is, this is what God does for us. He intervenes he comes in and he makes us beautiful and when things grow that don't he prunes us just like you prune a bush let's keep going in Romans 31 through 39 what then shall we say in response to these things if God is for us who can be against us he who didn't spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen it is God who justifies who then is the one who condemns no one Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? So there's more battles right there. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long for we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. I love this next part. No. In all these things, all these things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You have victory. Don't be a victim. You're more than a conqueror through Jesus. And then once again, you have, to, you have to ask yourself, am I convinced in this next part, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, angels, demons, present nor the future, nor any powers, height, depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to us the, separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome this world. Are you convinced in this reality? When it comes to battles, what's your fighting stance? What's your fighting stance as you, as you go through your daily, daily life and these battles plague you? Okay, because every day has them. Every day has them. There's a guy named Job in the Bible, and I'm not going to tell you how this story ends because I want you to go read it. It's a good one. okay he was a man who had everything. He had a great reputation with people. He walked with God. He had wealth. He had land. He had animals. He had a beautiful family. Until one day, Satan's roaming around the earth, and him and God have a conversation, which we don't get to see that realm. And God says, hey, have you, have you tried Job? And say, God allows Job to go through these battles, this, this horrible horrible incident in his life where he literally loses everything his family dies his children die he loses his servants all his life, all his animals die all of his fields are burned up he has nothing left and then on top of that he gets these horrible boils that it even hurts to sit down was this fair of course not did job do anything to deserve this of course not that's not fair life's not fair grace isn't fair what was Job's response? After he gets the boils, his wife basically calls him out and she's like, honey, just curse curse God and die. I don't think she called him honey. She, was, he, she just goes, it's done. Just curse God and die. And this is Job's response. Okay, the first part you can do if you want, it says, Job got up, tore his robe and shaved his head. You can do that if you want. That's not the important part. He fell to the ground in worship. And he said, naked I come from my mother's room, Womb with nothing, and naked I will depart with nothing. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. The word of God is full of people who teach us the proper fighting stance. Daniel, in the presence of lions, prayed. You may not be surrounded by lions right now, but have you ever been in a situation where you said, this is going to eat me alive? What's your fighting stance? Paul was wrongfully thrown in prison He prayed and he worshiped. You're not in jail right now, but have you ever been in chains to anxiety, fear, doubt, whatever it is? He worshiped and prayed. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got thrown in a fiery furnace. There was another one in there with them. You're not on fire right now, but you've been burned by relationships. You've been burned by situations in life. So here's what I want you to do. I told you I like participation. It's going to get real weird right now. I want you to stand up, and I want you to get in your fighting stance. Everybody, don't be too cool. Get up and get in your fighting stance. Show me how you would fight. And what do we do? We clench our fists, right? Because we want to control everything. This is not our fighting stance in this world. The best posture we can have is not to put up our dukes, but to put down our guard. Pray and worship. This is how we fight our battles. I asked Aaron to sing a song this morning. The first song is called, I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to the Lord. The second one, we're just gonna sing over and over again. This is how I fight my battles. If you're a visual learner and you need this, whatever you are fighting, whatever you are holding on to, I encourage you, or if you want to, man, if you need to start the song like this, we're just gonna keep singing, this is how I fight my battles, this is how I fight my battles. Get to the right posture. Whatever you're battling today, give it to God. It doesn't mean your situation might change. It could. But man, in this world, you will have trouble. But this isn't our home. He has overcome the world. And you are more than a conqueror. Let's pray. Ah, Jesus, bring victory. No, we we have victory. (laughs) I thank you for what you've taught me in my life. And God, we thank you for the battles. God just give us the right perspective. Holy Spirit, guide us into all of your truth. Remind us. Remind us that you work all things together for the good. And Lord, your good is different than our than our good. So, Father, as Elisha prayed, open our eyes to your truth, your reality this morning. And God, may people walk out of here today in freedom, a little bit lighter. And God, may our stories be shared about the victory we have in you. Because God, we want to see heaven more crowded. We love you, and it's your name we pray. Amen.
0: In just a moment, we'll rejoin our pastor for today's closing thoughts. But first, we wanted to thank you for tuning in. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com. Now, some closing thoughts from our pastor.
1: If you need prayer for anything this morning, prayer partners are over here. Take advantage of that. Like, don't fight alone. Don't fight alone. You're battling something right now, go get prayer. Go get prayer. Victory is not based on your life situation, it's based on your position in Christ. First John says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. In this world, you will have troubles. But take heart, for I have overcome this world. And great last thing I'm gonna say: greater is He that is in you. he that is in the world so walk out today in victory regardless of what's going on in your life if you need prayer we're here for you if you need to talk about anything we're here for you we love you go share with people how they can have victory in their life see you next sunday
0: thank you for joining us for this week's message north bible church is located in scottsdale arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.